one common theme that we've been constantly hitting over the past few Sundays, especially in Lent, has been this idea that Jesus is calling us back to what has already been seen, what God had done in the Old Testament. He's doing something new, but in a way that images what we've seen already, what happened to Moses and the prophets and all those who came before him. And this is important because while Jesus at times will be very clear about who he is and what he came to do, oftentimes he veils his identity, his mission, everything that he was coming to do with references and allusions to the Old Testament. It's kind of like if you are on Facebook a lot or if you even just have Facebook or social media or anything, you'll see these posts that'll come up every now and then that say something to the effect of, prove that you're a 90s kid without saying you're a 90s kid. Or prove that you're, you lived in the 80s. Prove that you're an 80s kid without saying. And the idea is like you post a movie line or a famous event or something that you would know if you lived during that time that no one else would really know, or maybe they know about, but just by reading about it, or secondhand. It's kind of the same thing. Jesus, in his language and in the way he carries himself and the things that he does, does not always explicitly say who he is. But his listeners that time, in that era, in the first century, those first century Jews would have heard what he said and seen what he did and said, I see what he's doing. I know what he's referencing. And whether they believed him or not is another question. But they knew, they knew what he was trying to do. Today is probably a little bit more clear, but there are still little illusions that we may miss that make things more explicit See, what happens today? What do we hear today? Jesus takes, leads Peter, James, and John, his three closest disciples, up a high mountain. That is the first very significant point. He leads them up a mountain. The mountain in the Old Testament is the place where God met his people. Think of Abraham going up the mountain with Isaac to give him back to the Lord, to sacrifice him by the Lord's command. And then God comes to Abraham and Isaac and says, Do not lay a hand on him, for now I trust, now I know that you have faith. We think of Moses who met God in the burning bush on a mountain, and then later on when the people were in the desert would go up Mount Sinai, to converse with God and receive the Ten Commandments. And in fact, in Exodus chapter 33, it says, The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. Not as some amorphous blob or vague idea, but as a person face to face. Or, and even says, as a man speaks to his friend, even if it wasn't clear enough. And then Elijah goes up into the mountains, and he, there's that famous vision, that theophany, as it's called, where God speaks to Elijah on the mountain in the small whispering voice. 
in the small, gentle whisper. The mountain was the place where God spoke to his people, where he conversed with his prophets like Moses and like Elijah. And that's a similar thing that Jesus is doing here, but with one very important difference. See, when Moses and Elijah and all those other prophets, when they went up to the mountain, they spoke with God. When Jesus goes up to the mountain, Jesus, in fact, is not the one who is speaking to God. Jesus is the one who is speaking to his people. See, we see that Moses and Elijah appeared to him. The same ones who went up the mountain to talk to God. What does that mean then? And in fact, one very key difference is that one of the things we see with Moses is that when he came down the mountain to talk to the people of God, the people of Israel, it says that his face shone like light. And we see a similar thing here. Jesus goes up the mountain and he is transfigured. It says his face shone like the sun. But there is one difference between Moses and Jesus. Big difference. Moses came down and shone because he was reflecting to the people God's glory. However, Jesus is not reflecting glory. He possesses it. And that is very important. See, whereas, and this comes from a scripture commentary on this very passage, Moses' face shone because it reflected the divine glory. Whereas Jesus' face shone with his own glory. So what's the conclusion? What's the conclusion then about who Jesus is? Jesus reveals to us in the transfiguration who he is, and that person that he is is God himself, Emmanuel, God with us. That wasn't just some nice title the angel just threw out to Mary and Joseph. That means something. That is the reality of who Jesus is. Last week we saw how he showed his humanity, showed how he was fully human yet without sin. Today we see, plain and simple, how Jesus reveals himself as God made man. The God man. God with us. God with you. God with me. And that's going to be important, especially as we see what he's about to do. Why does he do this right now? It's because as soon as they go down from the mountain, he is going to head straight for Jerusalem. And we know what happens when he gets there. When he gets there, he's going to be arrested, condemned. He will carry the cross. He will die. He will rise from the dead, but he is going to the passion. And he wants his disciples to understand who he really is before that is about to happen. And that's important for us. Because as we reflected last week, we can resist temptations. We can be holy. Jesus reveals to us 
how he fought temptation in a very human way. But there was a, if you remember from last week, there was a very key point to how Jesus resisted. And it's because of a reliance upon God. Jesus reveals to us this week who he is, that he is God come among us. He is God with us to remind us, I will be with you when you are suffering. I will be with you when you are in pain. I will be with you when you are experiencing those temptations. It is a reminder to us as it was to those apostles, Peter and James and John, when you are experiencing this suffering, this pain, this sense of confusion, don't forget who I am. Because God is with you. Because I am with you. Don't forget who I am when you experience these temptations and these sufferings. When you feel like nothing makes sense, don't forget who I am. And I will get you through this. That's the point for the apostles, for us, what the transfiguration is for. To remind us of who he is so that we can persevere. So that as we approach our own cross, we know that God, the Almighty, is with us. The one who created this world and the one who redeemed us, he is with us. That's the encouragement that we receive today. Jesus wants to show us fully who he is so that we can never doubt that God is with us. He became, he loved you and I so dearly that he became a human being, a man, just like us. To show us, I am with you. I will always be with you. Today, as we go forth, we pray in this Mass that we would keep that truth in our hearts. Keep that great promise in our hearts. I will be with you. I am God and I am with you. That when we experience the cross in our own life, that, it will, that will come, whether we experience it now or later, we know that God is carrying it with us. God is in it with us. God will see us through that cross into the resurrection. But we need trust. We need faith. We need to put our anchor in hope. Hope that God is who he says he is and he will bring us through. That, let that be our prayer today. Lord, help me to trust you, to trust you fully, to trust who you are, and trust that you are with me. No matter the cross and the pains that I feel that I will see from this day, no matter the doubts, no matter the confusion, I know you are with me. Help me to cling to that truth.